Well, good morning, church. How are you guys doing? Guys, I'm, I'm really hot on this mic, so if you can pull that down a lot. Thank you. Um, today we're continuing in part four of our summer series called At the Movies. And in this blockbuster series, we've been having a lot of fun, but our hope has been that this time would also be just really, really impactful in the lives of our people as we've been diving into some of Hollywood's biggest hits over recent history. And along the way, also, we've been unpacking some core spiritual truths from the Word of God, not only for our lives, but really for the benefit of our church community as well. Now, in movie history, there have been some great trilogies. The Godfather, The Lord of the Rings, Batman Dark Knight, The Matrix, the original Star Wars trilogy. But for me and my childhood, as a kid growing up in the 80s and the early 90s, um, the first trilogy that I completely saw at the movie theater, at the movies, and remains so nostalgic to me as my favorite trilogy of all time, was Back to the Future. Back to the Future is the 1985 American science fiction film directed by Robert Zemeckis, and it starred Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson, and Crispin Glover. And it's, it's set in 1985. The story follows a guy named Marty McFly, played by Fox as a teenager who is accidentally sent back in time to the year 1955 in a time-traveling DeLorean automobile built by his eccentric scientist friend, Emmett Doc Brown, played by Lloyd. Now, while in the past, Marty inadvertently interrupts his parents' uh, encounter where they first meet and eventually fall in love, and his accidental interference in the course of history threatens his very existence, and in fact, the existence of, of his entire family. And, and so in order to save his life, the lives of his siblings, and even possibly improve his family's future, which is a pretty jacked up future, Marty must figure out how to reconnect his high school age parents to help them to be able to fall in love, thwart their high school bully Biff, and somehow get himself back to the future. Back to the Future was a critical and commercial success, and it earned $381 million, making it the highest grossing film of 1985. Critics praised the story for its humorous elements and the excellent cast, particularly Fox, Lloyd, Thompson, and Glover, and it received multiple award nominations and even won an Academy Award. Its soundtrack by Huey Lewis and the News was also a critical success. Back to the Future has only grown in esteem since its release over 35 years ago, and it is now considered by critics and audiences alike as one of the greatest science fiction films in history and among the best films ever made. In 2007, the United States Library of Congress selected the film for preservation in the National Film Registry, further cementing its place in American film history as one of the greatest films of all time. And today I want to speak to you on this topic of choices in life that can impact our future. Because if you think about it, I think essentially, what are we? And I would argue that in large part, 
we are the sum total of the choices, the decisions that we make in life. Whatever choices you've made in the past, in large part, help to determine who you are today. And, and while you can't be like Marty McFly and, and jump in a DeLorean with a flux capacitor and go back in time and change your past, the amazing truth is that just like Marty, you do have the ability to change your future. See, the decisions you make today will determine who you will become in the future. And, and so today I want to talk about an incredible incredible biblical principle that I believe every one of us really needs to understand if we want to be able to achieve our dreams for our future. And this principle is simply known as this. It's known as the principle of the path. The principle of the path. And the principle of the path is simply this, that our direction in life, where we're going, not our intentions, our hopes, our dreams, our wishes, our direction not our intentions, determines our destination. That's the principle of the path. It says the paths you choose in life, the directions you move in, not what you hope for, not what you wish for, determines your future. And see, all of us, we can totally get, we can totally grasp this principle when we think about things like driving a car, right? When we think about driving, this is easy to grasp. Like, like if, if I want to go to Disney World in Orlando, Florida this summer, and I load all my kids in our minivan, and then I proceed to jump onto 295 North, no matter how much I want to go to Disney, I mean, no matter if I pray before the trip for everything to go well and traveling mercies and all those things, and God, give us a safe trip there. If all of my five kids, I load it in the minivan, and they all put on their Mickey Mouse ears, and we sing the Moana song, look how far I'll go. If we get on to 295 North, it doesn't matter. We'll go pretty far. I mean, we, we might wind up visiting Santa at the North Pole, but we're not getting to Disney World anytime soon. And, and as obvious as that is, thinking about in a trip in a car, the truth is many of us don't think about our path in life when it comes to where we want to go morally or financially or relationally or even spiritually. Instead, we think, no, 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 it's just one date, one drink, one joint, one party, one purchase, one milkshake and Big Mac. It's just one event instead of realizing, no, 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 it's, it's actually a movement in a direction down a path that ultimately will lead us to a destination. And so what happens is we, we wind up making these little decisions in our teenage years and in our 20s and 30s and 40s that, that leave us wondering how we wind up where we did in our 50s and 60s and 70s and beyond, because we fail to see that every choice puts us on a path that ultimately leads us to a destination, that it's our direction in life, not our intentions, not our hopes and dreams, that determines our destination. Now, 
this principle of the path really has one more kind of big piece to it that I think is going to make a lot of sense. But when I, when I reveal this piece to you, when I share this piece with you guys this morning, I, I don't think you're going to like have this huge aha moment where you're going to feverishly start writing in your notes all this kind of stuff because it's going to seem very intuitive. It's going to seem like very, very much common sense to you. But again, while, while we understand these things when it comes to driving a car, in other aspects of life, like in our marriages, in our parenting, in our finances, in our spiritual life, we just tend not to think about these things, and we just overlook them. But like any other principle in life, like the principle of gravity, this will impact your life, whether you embrace it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not, whether you believe in it or not, whether you even know about it or not. And so here's the rest of this principle, if you want to jot it down. Here's the full principle of the path. What grabs our attention influences our direction. And our direction, not our intentions, determines our destination. What grabs, what grabs your attention, whoa, look at that, is going to influence your direction. And your direction in life, not your intentions, your hopes, your dreams, your wishes, determines your destination. See, direction determines destination, but oftentimes it's the people, it's the things that grab our attention that influences our direction in life. Now, looking back at our lives, every one of us, you know, in our heart of hearts, we know this is true. And I'll go through some illustrations with you guys in a minute. But, but this is why we have certain phrases in the Eng English language, like, he captured my attention. She captured my attention. And when something captures our attention and it grabs our attention, we have the tendency to turn in that direction of whatever it is that grabbed our attention. And so the things that capture our attention, they have the ability then to influence our direction in life. I shared this with you guys last week, but in 2005, I went to a church conference called the Grow Up Conference with my wife, Julie, in, in Alpharetta, Georgia, outside of Atlanta, at a church called North Point. And at this conference, I got to hear a pastor speak by the name of Andy Stanley. And, and he, this is the first time that I actually heard about this principle. He spoke about this principle, the principle of the path, and also about the role of the church in reaching people for Jesus instead of being inwardly focused on ourselves. And in three days at this conference, my whole thinking, my whole understanding regarding church was completely altered. And I came home as this young children's pastor, just committed to wanting to create church experiences, these experiences that would consider and value and prioritize unchurched people creating experiences that unchurched people would actually love to attend, creating church environments that, that, that we could bring our friends and, and family members and coworkers and classmates to where they could connect with Jesus in just powerful ways. The idea of creating church experiences and environments where unchurched children and teenagers and adults would love to attend, it captured my heart. Uh, along with this idea of partnering the family and the church to have the greatest possible influence in the lives of kids and students. 
And so I came back from this conference just on fire for God and with this passion that he had placed in my heart. A couple years later, as a family pastor at this church, I took a group of about 50 teenagers down to Daytona Beach, Florida, to a camp called Big Stuff Camp. And at this camp, I heard another speaker by the name of Perry Noble, who had later become a mentor of mine. I would travel with him to Israel a few years later. And he gave a powerful message where he asked the audience a simple question. I shared this with you guys a couple weeks ago as well. He asked the question, what would you do for God if you knew it couldn't fail? What would you do for God if you knew it couldn't fail? And the thought that immediately came into my mind was that I would start a church where unchurched people would be loved and would love to attend. And again, that interaction, it captured my heart. It changed my momentum. It changed the direction of my life. And it led me a couple years later to plant a church outside of the city of Baltimore that I pastored for 10 years before coming here to be your pastor. Here's another example. In the late 90s, there was a girl that I met on a mission trip to Mexico. Her name was Julianne Shaw. She grabbed my attention. As teenagers, we, we would hang out together, and, and we would go bowling with our group of friends, and, and we had this young adult Bible study group, and we would meet on Sunday mornings. Our young adult group would meet at a donut shop, and we would have our Sunday school class at this donut shop before we went to church together. And all these interactions led to a friendship, and we started hanging out together more and more, and we learned that we both liked tennis, and we started playing tennis together, and, and all of a sudden, this friendship just grew and grew, and pretty soon I realized that this amazing girl had become one of my best friends. And so in 1998, I gathered 10 seconds of just incredible courage, and I asked her out on a date to a Washington Capitals hockey game. And it changed the course and direction of my life. She captured my attention, and my life has, has never been the same. She captured my attention, and it altered the direction of my life. And guess what? There are now five people who exist in this world <laughs> who wouldn't have existed in this world if she hadn't captured my attention. Their names are Liberty, Alexia, Cassidy, Jace, and Lincoln, who just turned three on Friday. You, you see how that works? I'm just going through life. I'm just doing my own thing. And all of a sudden, it's like, what was that? That captured my attention. That changed the course of my life. Did you see her? Now I'm going that way, right? Now, we've all probably experienced those kinds of moments in life where something just comes along and just captures our attention, just grabs our attention. Because again, what grabs our attention influences our direction. And our direction, not our intentions, not our hopes, our wishes, our dreams, even our prayers, it's our direction in life not just our intentions, that determines our destination. Now, those examples were positive examples that I just gave. But all of us have probably had experiences in life where there were people or opportunities or things that grabbed our attention, and now we have regrets, right? And if we could go back in time, if we had that DeLorean and we could go back in time, we wish we would have kept walking, we, we wish, you know, that, that we could have changed that, that decision that we made. 
that changed the direction of our life. You know, when it came to that group of friends, when it came to dating that girl or that guy, that event, you know, that, that we would have said, never mind. And we would have just kept walking along, keeping our eyes focused forward. There's people in life we wish we've, we'd never met. There are relationships that we wish we'd never gotten into. Business opportunities we wish we ignored. But here's what happens, and we touched on this a little bit earlier. But every single path in life leads to a destination. Every single path in life. But on every path that leads to destruction, on every path that leads to disaster, the reason we chose that path in the first place is because there was always something very powerful and very emotionally engaging that kind of drew us towards that path. That's why we use that terminology. It grabbed my attention. It captured my focus. And so often it's situations like that that changes the course of our lives and leads us to some of our greatest regrets. Why? Because it's a three-step principle. Attention, direction, destination. Now, there's also another side to this. Not only are there things that can grab our attention or capture our attention, but there are also things in life that we can invest in. There are things in life that we can focus our attention on. And there's a big difference between things that grab our attention and things in life that we choose to focus our attention on. Grabbing our attention is an emotional thing. It's a very emotional thing, all about emotion. Choosing to give our attention towards something is all about intentionality. It's very intentional. It's a decision we make. Now, this is probably true for all of us, but there are things in life that we probably wish that we had paid more attention to, right? There are things we wish we had given some more attention to. You may wish that you'd given more attention to your health. And I wish I'd exercised more. I wish I'd, I'd eaten better over the last couple of years because right now I'm struggling with obesity or another health issue that my doctor just told me about. You may wish you'd, you'd given better attention to the way you handled money. I mean, why did I buy all that junk that's just sitting around my house or is worthless now and just isn't, you know, it's just, just collecting dust? I, I shouldn't have bought that. I should have saved my money. I should have put it in my bank. I should have invested it. I would have been in better shape right now. You may wish you'd given more time and attention towards your marriage or, or, or to your kids when they were growing up because now you have some strained relationships with people who you love that are not the way you wish it would be. And see, understanding this principle can not only impact your life, but, but just like Marty McFly was able to accomplish in Back to the Future, understanding this principle also has the power to impact future generations. I mean, if you really can grasp the truth of this principle, you could not only impact your life, you could impact the lives of your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandkids. See, while you can't go back in time in a time machine and change the past, understanding this biblical principle in making your future decisions can still be generationally life-altering. Just think about it. Imagine 
Imagine for a second how different your life would be today if your father had paid more attention to certain things than he did. Think about how different your life would be today if your parents collectively had paid more attention to their personal health or the health of their marriage or more attention to you as a kid growing up. What if they paid more attention to what was happening in themselves and in their family spiritually? Imagine how different your life might have been, how it might have been impacted, right? It would have had an influence. Not only would their life and maybe their marriage have been different, but it probably would have impacted the, different, the, the direction of your life and your siblings' lives as well. The principle of the path has generational power. It's amazing because, again, what grabs your attention influences your direction, and your direction, not your intentions, determines your destination. Attention, direction, destination. Now, here's why this is important. Right now, in your lives, you all have chosen to pay attention to some things. Right now, there are also some things that have captured your attention. Now, here's my personal observation just from talking to many people as a pastor over the last 20 years and from my own personal life experiences is that things that try to grab my attention are usually the things that I have to be most careful about. Things that try to pull on my heart, that capture my attention, those are the things that I really have to worry most about because they're the most dangerous. The things I have to work on, the things I have to be intentional about focusing my intention on, those are usually the things that best set me up in life for having success. The things I have to invest in. I'll give you an example. The giant billboard that says Big Mac extra value meal on sale when I'm driving down the road at lunchtime captures my attention, right? Draws my heart and my stomach probably not the best thing for me, right? The thing I have to be intentional about, going to the grocery store, buying some veggies and some fruit and some lean meat and learning to go home and have a habit of preparing a meal for myself at home that's gonna save me money and be healthier for me, takes a little bit more focus on my part. That's what's gonna set me up for a better destination in life. So right now, whatever is capturing your intention and whatever you're intentionally focusing on, those two things are putting you on a path right now that's going to lead you to a destination somewhere in life. Now, if I ended the message right here and I said, let's close and pray and the worship team comes up, I don't think there'd be a lot of disagreement for anything I just said. It's pretty much common sense. Maybe you've never heard it presented exactly like that before, but it makes sense. The idea that attention impacts your direction and your direction, not your hopes and wishes and dreams and intentions, leads to a destination. Attention, direction, destination. But here's the interesting thing. If there is a personal God who created you and who knows that you exist and who cares about your life, 
If there is, if there is really a God who, as Jesus taught, is a perfect heavenly father, the perfect parent that, that all of us maybe wished we had growing up, the one who, who looks at you and calls you his son or his daughter, and who just loves you with an unconditional love and care for your life. If all that is true, wouldn't you think it would make sense that he would have something to say about this principle of the path that, that would have so much power to influence the direction of our lives? Well, here's the amazing thing. And this is why I tell you guys all the time that you really should read your Bible because your Bible is like amazing and it's worth reading. There are about 40 different authors who had a hand in writing the Bible. And we as Christians believe that these people were inspired, divinely inspired by God in their writings as they penned these words. And there's again incredible flow and connection and symmetry through the entire Bible that kind of, you know, conveys that. Here's the amazing thing. Throughout the Bible, in arguably the writings of every single one of these authors, God teaches us about the principle of the path. Throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, every single writer. And so in our remaining time today, I just want to focus in on five passages of Scripture across the Bible. And if you're new here, this is a little different because normally I focus on one Bible story or we cover one passage of Scripture. But again, since this teaching is so prevalent throughout the entire Bible, I'm just going to quickly touch on five passages across all of Scripture that just give you an idea of how pervasive this teaching is in Scripture. And I could have pulled 200 passages, but I'm just going to pull out five today for us to focus on from the Bible. God, because He loves us so much, tries to remind us in Scripture over and over and over and over again that the things we pay attention to determine the course and trajectory and future of our lives. The things you give your attention to, the things that, you, that capture your attention, have the potential to influence the direction of your life. So let's go ahead and jump in. The first verse is found in the book of Deuteronomy. Does anybody know who wrote the book of Deuteronomy? It was Moses. Moses wrote the book of Deuteronomy. And as the Israelites are about to enter the land of God, the promised land that he has told them he has for them, God speaks through Moses to his people, and he says, you are my people, and I am your God. And because we have this relationship, because you are my people, you're my kids, and I love you, and I'm your God, I'm your heavenly father, and you love me, because we have this relationship, I am now going to give you these Ten Commandments, these rules to follow to benefit your lives. You're my kids. I'm not giving these rules to the, the kids at the end of the block. I'm giving it to you guys because we have a relationship. And the relationship came first, and now I'm giving you these rules on how to live life and how to be different than the rest of the world. And then he instructs them on how to live in a world where other cultures don't believe these things and don't live that way and are going to try to tempt them to walk away from what God is teaching. 
how the rest of the world looks differently at things like money and power and relationships. And check out what God says to them through the writings of Moses in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 12. He says, if you pay, what's the next word, church? Attention to these laws and are careful to what's the next word? Follow, attention, direction, follow them. Then the Lord your God will keep his covenant of love with you as he swore to your ancestors. If you pay attention and if you move in this direction, this is the destination that you're going to arrive at. This was written thousands of years ago, and it's amazing. And this was God's deal with Israel, that if you trust me and if you follow me, then I'm going to pour out blessings on you, and you're going to become a beacon of light in the world, that other cultures and other people are going to look at you, and they're going to be like, whoa, who's your God? I want to follow that God and that they were going to draw other people from around the world towards God. But that if they drifted from God, if they lost their attention, if they moved their attention to other places, they were going to drift away, and that God would, would discipline them as any good parent would do if their kids were headed down a wrong path or a dangerous path. And as you read the Bible, the nation of Israel really acted the way many of us would probably act. They would get really focused, and they would follow God, and God would pour out his blessings upon them, and then they would get distracted, and they would get complacent, and they would get comfortable in life, and they would start to drift away from God, and then they would struggle, and God would correct them, and then they would come back, and they would refocus back on God. And so God tries to teach them this important truth of the principle of the path right from the very beginning of his relationship with them through Moses. And he says, I want you to pay attention to me. Why? Because where your attention goes, you go. When something captures your attention, it captures your heart, and it influences the direction you move, which impacts ultimately the destination of your life and your future. And then many, many years later, the second king of Israel, the most famous king of Israel, considered the greatest king of Israel, King who? Do you guys know? David, that's right. David says this in Psalm 119, verse 35 and 37. David says, direct me in the what, church? Path of your commands, for there I find delight. Turn my what? Turn my eyes away from worthless things. God, I don't want to get distracted. Preserve my life according to your word. So here's David once again referring to the principle of the path hundreds of years after Moses. And he says, turn my eyes away from worthless things. And all of us have been there. Whether you're a Christian and you're here today or you're still trying to figure out what you believe about God, every one of us could tell a story about a time in our life where our attention got fixed on something and we knew in our heart of hearts that it was not the best thing for our life. We knew we probably shouldn't try that, hang out with them, visit that website, and looking back, we realized that it was worthless, that it was a waste of time, that it wasted our life. And so David said, God, please help me. I want my eyes to be fixed on things that really matter. I want my eyes to be fixed on things that will ultimately take me to the destination that I want to get to. Please don't let me get fixated 
on worthless things. Why? Because David understood that what grabs your attention influences your direction. David understood this more than most because there's a story about him and a woman named Bathsheba and all this kind of stuff, and, and you can read that for yourself, but he got distracted. He understood that what, what influences your direction is important because your direction, not your intentions, determines your destination. And then years later, decades after this, King David's son, Solomon, addresses the principle of the path as well. Now, before we look at what Solomon wrote, let me just generally kind of speak on this idea. As summer is upon us, one of the greatest struggles that many of us men especially battle with is lust and where our eyes wander. You go outside your home, you're bombarded with images that want to capture your eyes, capture your mind, you walk through the mall, feels like the shorts get shorter every year. You go to the beach, swimsuits get skimpier. You go to Old Orchard Beach. Never mind, don't go to Old Orchard Beach. <laughs> You've all warned me about our Canadian friends. And so this next verse is really a great memory verse for anyone who struggles with lust. It's also a great memory verse for any of you who struggle with any temptation, okay? If you struggle with the temptation to shop, and do retail therapy every time you feel down in the dumps and you got to just go buy something or hit Amazon. This is a great verse to remember if you ever feel temptation to get distracted and look to the left or the right. Here's what Solomon says in Proverbs 4, verse 25 and 27. He says, let your eyes look what? Straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Don't turn to the right or to the left Keep your foot from evil. Why, Solomon? Because it's the principle of the path. I mean, Solomon was the, considered the wisest person to ever live, and he's talking about the principle of the path. Whatever gets your attention influences your direction in life. So Solomon says, don't let something capture your gaze. Don't let something capture your attention. Fix your gaze directly before you. Fix your gaze on God. On the road of life, don't swerve to the right or swerve to the left. Keep your eyes on God so you can avoid evil, so you can avoid the pitfalls of life. It's a great memory verse because in life, whether it's relationally or financially or morally, there are going to be times where you're going to be tempted to turn your attention and shift your gaze. But where your attention goes, you go. And if something captures your attention, it can capture or grab your entire life. It can grab your future. So Solomon says, make the decision to focus your attention where it truly matters. Keep your eyes straight on God and where you want to truly go. And then, hundreds of years later, after Solomon, Jesus shows up on the scene, and he unpacks the very same principle. And here's what Jesus says in Matthew 6, 22. And this is a little complicated verse. I'll, let me unpack it for you because it has some historical references to it that you might culturally not understand. But here's what he says in Matthew 6, 22. Jesus says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. 
All right, what are you talking about, Jesus? Let me explain what he's talking about. In those days, 2,000 years ago, obviously they didn't have electricity, right? You couldn't walk into your house and flip on a light switch and the lights would come on. So when they walked down the street at night, they would carry a large oil lamp to be able to have light, to be able to see. Sometimes they would even carry these oil lamps on the end of a large pole so the light would cast out in front of them so they could better see the path ahead of them. So they essentially followed the light. And wherever the light went, their body went. And so Jesus latches on to this illustration, something that was very, very familiar to the people that he was talking with. And he says, men and women, your eye, your eye, the things you pay attention to, is just like the lantern that lights your path at night. What you pay attention to, just like the lantern, is going to direct your whole body, your entire life. And as the body at night follows the lantern's light, so your eye leads your body and the direction of your life. He says if your eyes are focused on good things, then your body and your life will be full of light. But then he goes on to say that if your eyes are focused on wrong things, then your whole body, your life, your future will be full of darkness. That attention impacts your direction, and that your direction, not your intentions, determines your destination. And then years later, the the author of the New Testament book of Hebrews echoes what Jesus says and wrote this in Hebrews 2.1. Last verse, we'll unpack this morning. Says this, therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we what, church? Drift away from it. He says, if you don't choose to pay attention to the right things, eventually you're going to begin to what? Drift. Where your eyes go, you go. Where your attention goes, you're going to go. He says the only way to keep from drifting from what's true and what's right is to make the decision to pay attention to the right things. When I was learning to drive a car like 30 years ago, one of the things that my dad taught me that I've never forgotten was this. He said, son, when driving on a road with two-way traffic, don't look at the cars passing by you in the other direction. And I was like, why? And he said, son, the car is like a bullet, and your eyes directs the way it's going. And if you have the tendency to stare at opposing traffic, you could drift into a head-on collision. He said, instead, you need to keep your eyes focused forward on the direction you want to go. It's much better to look at the lines on the road than to start staring at the other cars coming at you. So the the writer of Hebrews says, look, you've got to make a decision about what you're going to pay attention to because what you pay attention to is going to impact the direction of your life. Attention, direction, destination. Now, here's the thing. This principle is so easy to see 
in the lives of other people. In fact, some of you right now, during this service, you're thinking, I hope my kid is paying attention to this right now. My spouse really needs to hear this. I hope they're paying attention. I'm going to make them rewatch it on YouTube later. And it's just so easy to do that because we've all had people in our lives who we have seen start to drift. And we're like, whoa, you need to watch out. You're drifting. And they're oblivious. And they're like, no, 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 I'm okay. Everything's good. No big deal. I'm just hanging out with them for a little bit. They're not going to change me. It's not going to affect me at all. I'm just watching this because it's fun. It's not going to affect me or who I am. If you're a parent, you totally get this, right? How many parents are in here? Can you raise a hand? Okay. This is why you guys say things like, yeah, you can spend the night at their house. You are never spending the night at their house, right? This is why we do things like that as a parent, because we get it. We get it. We can see the drift happening in the lives of our kids. But guess what? This is almost impossible to see in yourself. It's almost impossible to see in yourself. In fact, right now in your life, someone who loves you may be getting on your case about something and you're like, come on. It's no big deal. I can handle this. And you just blow it off. But they see something happening in your life and they're concerned and they're worried because you're just looking at the now and they're looking at where it could go. And again, anything that grabs your attention has the ability to alter the direction of your entire life. So here are two final questions, and then we're going to wrap up and pray, okay? Question number one is this as we close today. Question number one, what has captured your attention? What has captured your attention? What grabbed your attention? Who has your attention right now? Who has your affection? It could be a hobby. It could be something that started out good. You know, we got this lake house near the water, and we just like to go hang out on Saturday. But the next thing you know, Saturday becomes Saturday and Sunday. And then it's every single weekend. And then you stop coming to church regularly. And then you stop coming to church altogether. You've drifted. And look, there is nothing wrong with having a lake house or a boat. In fact, I'm glad I have friends who have them and invite me to come. It's great. The problem is not having that. The problem is getting distracted and drifting. Kids' sports can be the same way. You get so invested, and now practice is every weeknight. You stop doing small groups, and then games are every Sunday, so you start missing church, and then you drift as a family, and the next thing you know, you're moving down a completely different path in life. Sports isn't the problem. It's the drift. So it could be a hobby. It could be a person. What has captured your attention? Good or bad, you need to know that because it will influence the direction of your life. So that's the first question. Second question I want to ask you guys is this. Number two, what do you need to be 
paying more attention to. The first question is about what's capturing your attention. The second question is about intentionality. What do you need to be paying more attention to? What do you need to be focusing on more? Because it's not just being yanked around by your emotions. As we talked about today, you can decide to be intentional about where you're focusing your attention. What are the areas in your life that you need to be giving more attention to? For some of you, you need to invest more time in your spiritual life. Maybe you need to say, I need more time with God. I don't have a prayer life right now. I don't have a regular devotional time with God right now. I don't read my Bible enough. Maybe it involves regularly attending a small group, like we heard today from Pastor Nancy. Growing people what, church? Grow with people. You have an opportunity today to be very intentional and say, I'm going to take home one of those information sheets and I'm going to get plugged in. I'm going to make the investment to be a part of a small group this fall. That is an intentional decision that you can make. I'm going to start doing life with other people who want to follow Jesus so that my life will start moving in that direction too. Maybe it involves more regular attendance in church and not allowing other things to grab your attention on Sunday mornings. For some of you, it's investing more attention to your marriage. Sometimes we get married and then we just hit the autopilot button and hope everything works out. But guess what? A great marriage requires work and effort. It needs time and attention to grow strong and become great. For some of you, it's about investing in your health. This has got to be the year of good health. Diet, exercise, going to doctor's appointments, making some life change. What is it that you need to give or pay more attention to in your life? If you're a parent, maybe for you, it's like, I got to prioritize. I got to give more attention to the faith development of my kids because I've been ignoring that. I can't tell you in 20 years of ministry, many of those years as a children's pastor, as a student pastor, I can't tell you how many parents have come to me when their kids are going off the deep end in high school saying, help me, I need to get them plugged into church. Parents, if you wait until your kids are 16 and 17 years old to prioritize faith, it may be too late. And you're gonna wish that you brought them to church regularly when they were younger. But if you don't prioritize that when they're young, and if instead every other activity takes precedence, that decision, I guarantee you, will lead to a destination. Pay attention now so it doesn't become an emergency later. What do you need to be paying more attention to? Because again, what grabs your attention influences your direction and our direction, not our intentions, determines our destination. And the reason this principle is so cool and the reason I think this principle is so amazing is that this has been in the Bible for thousands of years because there is a God who loves you and he's real and he wants a greater destination and a greater story for your life and for your family, for generations and generations to come. Can we pray together, church? Heads bowed and eyes closed.
Heavenly Father, again, I, I know a message like this today is going to land in so many places for so many people here today. We've got, we've got middle and high schoolers in the room right now. We've got young adults in the room right now. We've got parents. We've got grandparents. We've got great-grandparents. We've got singles. But Lord, this principle really applies to all of us because it not only impacts our lives, it can be generationally impactful. Father, I pray that you would give us the wisdom to know what to do with what we've heard today from voices throughout Scripture, throughout the entirety of Scripture, from Moses to David to Solomon to Jesus to the author of Hebrews and so many others, so many other voices throughout Scripture of the importance of this wisdom of the principle of the path that would grabs our attention determines our, our direction and our direction not our intentions not our hopes and wishes and dreams our direction determines our destination God give us the wisdom to know what to do with that give us the, give us the courage to be able to take action to make a course correction in life to examine ourselves and ask some of these big questions God what is it in my life right now that has captured my attention? Is it moving me in the right direction? What is it in life that I need to be more intentional about focusing my attention on? God, for those of us here this morning who, who would, you know, something came to mind and we're like, yeah, there's a change that I need to make. There's either something in my life that I need to, to stop because it's pulling me away or there's something in my life that I need to be really intentional about focusing on to get on a better path to a better destination. If that's you this morning and you just like to acknowledge and say, God, yeah, I, I, I see it. I'm convicted. God, help me to take the steps necessary to make a change in my life. God, will you help me do that? If that's you this morning, we just lift a hand just as a prayer to God to say, God, I see it. I need your help. Help me to do it. Praise God all around the room this morning. And if you're watching online and you just lifted up a hand, God sees you right now. Heavenly Father, I pray for all of those people right now. I just saw men, women, teenagers, parents, grandparents with hands in the air saying, yeah, there's something I need to work on this year. Maybe it's my marriage. Maybe it's my health. Maybe it's something I need to cut out of my life that I'm too distracted with. Whatever it might be, God, I pray that you would honor those decisions made today, Lord God that you would honor it in a powerful way and you would help people to get onto the right paths so they can achieve the greater places that you want them to go. God, I thank you again for the willingness of people to, to be able to recognize the need for change. I thank you for a, a church where there are people who are real and transparent and don't pretend and wear masks. I, I, I want to as we continue to pray, just, just give this opportunity as well. There's someone here today, and, and maybe, maybe for you, you've been on the fence about this whole God thing, but today something that struck you was, wow, if there's really a God who loves me and who cares about my life, that he would, through the voices of 
40 different people over 2,000 years share a message again and again and again and again and again throughout Scripture. That's not coincidence. That's not accidental. That's evidence of the reality of a God who loves me and is trying to point me to a better place and a better direction and a better story, that if there's a God who loves me like that, that's a God I can believe in. And if you're here today and you would say, you know what, today I'm ready to take a step. I don't know all the answers. I don't understand everything. My life's not perfect. I'm still screwed up in a lot of areas. But God, if you love me like that, I want you in my life. I need God in my life. And today I'm ready to make that step. I'm ready to move my faith off of myself and my past and my history and what I've done. And I'm ready to move my faith onto my Savior, Jesus. I believe Jesus died for me, that he paid the price for all my sins so that I could have a personal relationship with the God of the universe so I can move from the smaller story of me to the greater story that God has for me. And if that's you this morning, you'd like to say, would you pray for me? I want to have a relationship with God today. I'm ready to make that decision. Would you just have 10 seconds of incredible courage and lift a hand right now and say, yes, I need Jesus in my life. Would you pray for me? Praise God. I see in the back. Praise God another. Is there anybody else today? I believe this is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. I don't want to let it pass by. Praise God. I see another. Anybody else today? And if you're watching online, praise God. I see another. Praise God. God's moving right now in our church today, this Sunday. Is there anybody else? And if you're watching online at home right now, God sees you. He sees what you're doing. He knows your heart right now. I want to pray with you. And for those of you who are followers of Christ, you could pray along with these brothers and sisters who've made a decision this morning. We just pray, Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for meeting me exactly where I am. God, I'm not perfect. But I believe today that you love me so much that you sent your son Jesus to willingly give up his life on the cross to pay the price for all of my wrongs, that he took all of that upon himself and that he proved he was the son of God because he rose from the grave. And today I acknowledge that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. God, I want to walk every day for the rest of my life moving forward in a personal love relationship with you. God, help me to do that. Help me to know and learn how to do that day by day, step by step for the rest of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for meeting me again right where I'm at. Help me to move from the smaller story of me the greater story you have for me, the greater direction and future that you have for my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Church, can we celebrate some decisions this morning? Praise God. Praise God. As the worship team leads us, let's stand, let's sing together and celebrate. And if you need to pray, if you've got anything that God's working out in your life right now, I just want to let you know, as always, the altars are open. You can come up um, and, and you can pray. We, we would love for you to be able to do that. But let's respond and let's sing together.
moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here. Touching every heart, I worship you, I worship you, you are here, healing every heart, I worship you, I worship you, you are here. Turning lives around, I worship you, I worship you. You are here, bending every heart. I worship you, I worship you. You are waymaker, miracle worker. Promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. 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 Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. We make a miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are. We make a 
deeper light in the darkness my god that is who you are 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 that is who you that is who you are. Let's close with a word of prayer, shall we? Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this truth that we have heard today, Lord. And Lord, how I pray that you would just quicken our hearts to sense the slightest nudges on our hearts from you, Lord, when we are heading in a direction that's leading us to a path other than your best for us. So Lord, thank you for guiding us, uh, directing us, convicting us, showing us. Lord, truly, you want our very best. And you have the highest plans and dreams for our lives. And so let us pay attention to your word and follow you with an open ear and see the great things you have in store. Thank you for this day, for this opportunity to worship you. Go before us as we go into our week. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Have a great week, everyone. God bless. Don't forget to check out the small groups brochure and anything else out there in the foyer. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. 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 That is who you are.